Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. This passage begins with Saul's approval of the unlawful execution of Stephen and ends with, despite heavy persecution, the spread of the good news to Samaria. Please follow along as Pastor Jim teaches today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Gospel Goes to Samaria. Now, the Assyrians were particularly despicable as a culture. Uh, they loved forcing people to move. It's unnerving to uproot people. They liked doing that. They were also loved killing people, but that's another thing. They moved many from what had been the northern kingdom of Israel to other lands they had conquered, and they moved people from other nations they had conquered into the region that had been the northern kingdom that came to be called Samaria. Many of the Jews who remained there intermarried with those who were imported by the Assyrians, and the resulting mix of intermarriages between Jews and Gentiles became known as the Samaritans. The Jews, now their kingdom had been deported to Babylon. They spent 70 years there. They came back. They, for the most part, um, didn't intermarry. They remained more pure, but the Jews then regarded the Samaritans as unclean half-breed sellouts. It was pure racism based upon genetics. Not only had they disobeyed by intermarrying with the foreigners, they also messed up the religious part of it into a syncretistic mess. Second Kings 17.33 says, they feared the Lord, Yahweh, and served their own gods according to the custom of the nations from uh, among whom they had been carried away into exile. So they had smorgasbord religion. Oh, Yahweh? Yeah, yeah we, we really like him. He's, he's the main God. But hey, you like something different? Go for it. We'll just, we'll just mix it all. You know, you can worship anything you want, any way you want. Now, there was a tremendous amount of antipathy between the Samaritans and the Israelites. Um, when the Israelites, when the southern kingdom folks were allowed to return to the land under Ezra and Nehemiah, the problems between the Samaritans and the Jews boiled to the surface. When some Samaritans offered to help rebuild the temple, when Ezra brought his group back, they were summarily rejected. Even though they claimed it to be worshipers of the true God, Israel would have nothing to do with them. Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. That hostility between the Jews and Samaritans became entrenched 
and it grew worse and worse between the close of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. So we have this summary statement from the Apostle John in John chapter 4 verse 9. This is when Jesus visited Samaria. John just put this in there for his um, readers who weren't familiar with the history. John 4 9, the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. It was so bad that for most Jews, if they were going to travel between, uh, say, Jerusalem and Nazareth, they wouldn't just take the, the straight line. They would add about 30% to their trip. They would not go straight north. They would go to the east and they would cross the Jordan River, go up the other side of the Jordan River, cross the Jordan River again, just so they never stepped on Samaritan dirt. That's how much they hated Samaritans. That's why it was monumental that Jesus chose to make the first announcement that he was the Messiah to a Samaritan in Samaria. And worse yet, in the eyes of his culture, he did it for a Samaritan woman. Samaritans, even though they had corrupted everything pretty badly, they were still looking forward to the Messiah. And so Jesus used that opportunity to show that, yes, he came to the house of Israel, but he made a commitment to the whole world and to sinners in general. So Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Why? Well, we can make a couple of decent guesses. We're not told exactly for sure. Probably Philip had been part of that original 120 when the Holy Spirit came. If not, he was around very soon after that. And it's likely that he heard, and maybe he actually paid attention when Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Samaria. Well, if that's the case, good on Philip. I'm glad he went there. There's another possible factor. We know that Philip and those other six deacons were chosen primarily to minister to the Hellenistic Jews. Remember that word? Hellenistic means Greek-speaking, not native Aramaic speakers. And so um, Philip probably wasn't from Jerusalem originally. And it might be then that by his own experience... Maybe he had a soft spot for people who felt like outsiders. See, that was the issue when they chose, you know, the, the Hellenistic widows aren't getting their fair share when the, in, the, in the daily care of the widows. And so they appointed some Greek speakers to, to, to address that issue. Now, this is a com- completely awkward place to leave off, but we're going to stop here. We're going to come back next time. But what gems might we gather from this? I decided to say, let's, let's get some gems. So I, so I picked up a list of precious gems just to be cute and cuddly. There's no symbolic reference to any of these things. And I'm not saying one's more valuable to another because I don't know which one's most valuable anyway except probably diamond. Okay, never mind. In our passage... There is the sapphire gem of God's sovereignty. He is in perfect control of this whole situation. He's in perfect control of your life just as he was the early days of the church. And just as he was in perfect control, then 
He is in perfect control of the affairs of the nations today. God is sovereign. If you don't believe God is sovereign, you don't know God. And if you don't believe he's sovereign, why in the world would you worship him? Because he can't fix things unless he's in control. He's sovereign. What a glorious truth. Then there's the emerald gem of God's goodness. God is always perfectly good all the time in every situation. He knows the end from the beginning, so you can rest fully assured He will cause all things to work together for your good, even what hurts. He's good even in the midst of this messed up world. Then there's the diamond gem of God's providence. His his sovereignty plus His goodness plus His power equals the fact that in the midst of all the machinations of the fallen world, all the souls of the world, all the Assyrians of the world, all the Babylonians of the world, all the evil people of the world, He is in control. His will is being played out for His glory. And as we see that unfolded, we call that His providence. He provides His plan in the midst of all of this stuff. Then there's the ruby gem of the the power of the gospel. Wherever God's people go, for whatever earthly reasons they go, by whatever earthly means they, they get there, the gospel continues to spread as His people are His faithful witnesses. The most literal translation of the Great Commission would be something like, having gone among all the nations, make disciples. The command is make disciples. The going part is an aorist participle. Oh, don't you love aorist participles? Doesn't that, just, doesn't that just make your soul melt? No, it doesn't. But what it means is, the command is, wherever you go, you're the disciple maker. Take the gospel with you wherever you go. Now, if God puts it on your heart to have a desire to jump over a cultural boundary and take the gospel, well, to to Him be the glory. Go for it. We'll do our best to support you and help you with that. But the gem is the power of the gospel for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then there's one more, the pearl gem of the example of Philip. Stephen, well, he was a gem on his own, but Philip, he took the gospel to people probably who felt left out. They knew the Jews hated them. So here comes a Jew from Jerusalem coming down and giving them the most life-changing message ever. My friend, wherever God places you, That's where He intends to use you. So, ask Him for wisdom. How might I glorify you in the midst of this? Father, how in this 
situation do you want me to become more like your son, more holy for your glory? If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.